Hello, everybody. We're going to start in a few minutes. The live broadcast should start in about five minutes. So if you want to come join us on stage, uh, I will send you an invite. Just call in. And instead of uh, hanging, uh, taking the call, I'll just pop you on stage. This is popcorn style, easygoing. So just rate, call in, and I'll bring you on stage. Hi, Sawyer. What's going on? Not much. Waiting for this. Hope it goes well. Amy, I see you there. Okay, I sent you an invite already. Hold on, invite to speak. There you go. Brandon, come join us. We also want to test this app a little bit, see how many people it can hold on stage. Um, so I'm trying to look to see familiar faces. Um, sorry if I don't recognize you. Uh, Noah, I know Noah, invite to speak. But I don't want to put anybody, Sean, I recognize Sean, come up on stage. Anyway, anybody that wants to come in, just call in and I'll bring you up on stage. It's like raising your hand, basically, like on Clubhouse. So how's everybody doing? Brandon, you're new to the app. Yeah, brand new. I was almost tapping the X button because I thought that was on mute. So this is... Yeah, it's good because we're going to have the uh, FSD beta room. We're going to schedule it tomorrow, waiting for a few confirmations and bringing people up, like to speak. So, like, feel free to unmute and chat. This is easygoing, popcorn style. Do you guys know about the mission? Yeah, it'd be cool to have a, a launch in California. It's been a while, I think, right? Since the last one. That's been yeah, quite a while. to do the high inclination ones from Vandenberg. Yeah. Okay, so I'm... So, do we know how high the orbit is? Sorry, I'm just going to put a little bit of volume so I know when they start speaking. What did you say, Amy? Uh, I said, do we know how high the orbit is? Uh, 540 kilometers at a 70 degree inclination. So it's not quite polar, but it's close. Yeah, so Starlink is, uh, this is, I, if I believe, if I know correctly, they're filling up the third shell right now. So this is phase one, third shell. So, yeah, this they haven't done a, only a one? Or is this the third polar? Um, not sure. Is that by third shell? Hold on. Like the third shell... Uh, is supposed to get a total of 720 satellites. Uh, so, yeah, it's altitude. Sorry, I said seven, uh, 540. It's 570. It's 570 kilometers, 70 degree inclination. Okay. Yeah, come on, guys. If you want to come up, I'll say it again. Uh, we have 36, 37 in the room. Uh, we'd love to have you on stage. This is easy going. It's not an interview. We're just nerding out on SpaceX uh, Vandenberg launch on the West Coast. Uh, it's about going to be an hour. We haven't had any launches for a while. What did you say? I said we haven't had any launches for a while. Yeah, exactly. And and we have inspiration coming up tomorrow. Don't miss that episode. We're going to be doing basically the same thing. So we're also testing out how how the app is stable with lots of people on stage. So I'd really appreciate you guys uh, if you would just like call in 
and I'll bring you up on stage, send you an invite. Here you go. Invite to speak. You would get a button on the top and you can just accept the invite. There you go. Yeah, this is great. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, yeah, sure. And like I said, we want to test the app as well. Uh, see how stable it is and give also feedback to the guys who are, you know, coding it, uh, where the bugs are and, and things like this. It's only by doing rooms and episodes that, you know, they can find what's wrong. Right. And usually the right. rooms I've been in that were like very stable had like just two people on stage basically. So we're trying to get the numbers up and see if we can, you know, uh, do a little bit like on clubhouse, get, 20, 30 people on stage if we wanted to. And this is a, this is a first time for me here. So uh, once this uh, show is done, will it be recorded and archived? To be yes, 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 of too? course. Like if you come on stage, you will get credit in, on your profile that you were part of the show. So if, if you're into that sort of stuff, like I said, oh, so sorry, I, there was a caller, invite to speak. Come and join us. There you go. So yeah, it might be your first first credit on your episode of your bio. If you go at the bottom, you have episodes and highlights. So if you're on stage tonight, yeah, we're going to publish the show. And oh, there we go. It's starting up. Oh, is there a link? So, uh, yeah, the link. You no, know, the link is going to be like it's going to be on your bio. You're going to be able to hold on. Let me turn down a little bit. You're going to be able to uh, like tweet it out, share it, and you'll also be able to create highlights of the episode if you want to, but it'll be on your profile bio at the bottom. Sorry, I meant, is there a stream uh, to watch for the launch? It's yeah. So there's yeah. SpaceX. There's the, the, the SpaceX stream. This is the one I'm watching. Uh, sometimes when I'm doing it alone, I, I will watch both SpaceX and everyday astronaut. Although there's a little like time lag between the two. Oh, there we go. We're starting up. On your screen is a live view of Falcon 9 as it awaits its 8.55 p.m. Pacific time launch from Space Launch Complex 4E at Vandenberg Space Force Base. My name is Yo Mezo, and I'm a propulsion engineer here at SpaceX, joining you from our headquarters in Hawthorne, California, a little under 200 miles south of our launch pad today. We're excited to be covering our first West Coast Starlink mission and our first launch from Vandenberg this year. The last mission that launched from Space Launch Complex 4E was the Sentinel-6A mission in 2020, and this will be our 16th launch of Starlink satellites this year and our 32nd to date. As many of you already know, Starlink is a satellite internet constellation designed and manufactured by SpaceX to provide high-speed, low-latency internet to people living in remote and rural locations around the globe. Our beta service is now available in a growing number of places, across the globe, including the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Germany, New Zealand, Isle of Man, Jersey, Australia, Austria, France, Netherlands, Belgium, Denmark, Ireland, Switzerland, Portugal, Chile, and Poland. To mm -hmm. date, over half a million people have placed an order or put down a deposit for Starlink. More than 100,000 user terminals have shipped. And with every launch, we get closer to connecting more people around the world. We are now at T minus 12 minutes and 45 seconds, and all systems are still go for an on-time liftoff at 8.55 p.m. Pacific time. And with that, we'll take a closer look at the rocket that's just peeking through the clouds there on your screen. 
Falcon 9 has been loading propellants since T minus 35 minutes. And that's our two-stage liquid fueled rocket on your screen right now. The Falcon 9 vehicle stands 229 feet tall or slightly taller than a 21-story building. And this will be the second time that a booster flies for its 10th mission. The bottom two-thirds of the vehicle that you can barely see there is the first stage. You may be able to just make out the slip markings left over from its previous nine flights. The first stage is what accelerates the vehicle through the Earth's atmosphere into space with the help of nine Merlin engines at the base of the rocket. We will be attempting to recover the first stage today on our drone ship, Of Course I Still Love You, as you can see on your screen there, and this will be the first time that the Of Course I Still Love You drone ship supports a West Coast mission. On the top of the first stage is the black carbon fiber inner stage, and on top of that is the Falcon 9 second stage, which has a single Merlin vacuum or MVAC engine. Once the first and second stages separate about two and a half minute, minutes into the mission, the MVAC engine will ignite and carry the Starlink satellites to a polar orbit around the Earth. You'll also notice the large nose cone at the very top of the rocket, and this is the fairing. That's where the stack of Starlink satellites is currently safely enclosed. The fairing protects the satellites from aerosomal heating, aerodynamic loads, and contamination during ascent. Once we reach the vacuum of space, we'll jettison the fairing as the second stage continues on its journey to orbit. Like our booster, the fairing halves protecting our Starlink payload today are also flight proven. This will be the third flight of one of the fairing halves and the second flight for the other half. One half supported our TurkSat 5A and GPS 3 missions, and the other half supported our NROL 108 mission last year. Today's flight will be our 24th mission with reflown fairings and the 43rd and 44th refurbished fairing half flown. And we'll be attempting to recover the fairing half again today using our recovery vessel NRC Quest, which previously supported a Dragon recovery mission. The latest weather forecast shows 100% favorable for liftoff. Winds are light, so the evening marine layer that you can see there may linger and affect visibility. But with that, the vehicle, satellites, weather, and range are all looking good for an on-time liftoff just a few minutes from now. If for some reason we do not launch today, we do have a backup opportunity on Tuesday, September 14th at 8.56 p.m. Pacific time or September 15th at 3.56 UTC. <clears throat> There's nothing much to see on the screen. It's all covered in, in fog. You can With every see Starlink launch, network capacity will increase, allowing Starlink to serve more people in more areas around the globe. Starlink is already, already delivering high-speed broadband internet to remote areas that previously had limited or no internet access. Recently, the Cherokee Nation in Oklahoma began a pilot program installing Starlink in rural locations across the reservation. Without reliable internet, residents had limited access to healthcare, telemedicine, and education opportunities. But through this pilot program, Starlink has the opportunity to help connect the Cherokee Nation with the kind of resources that can make a huge difference. Starlink is also being piloted in Sotomo and Calete Sierra, Chile, 
two remote towns impact impacted by the digital divide. So Tomo, the first pilot site, is in a forested area in southern Chile, and only 20 families live in the town. The second pilot site is Caleta Sierra on the coast, about 1,200 miles north of Sotomo. Using tablets provided by the Education Ministry, the remote school in Sotomo, which currently has about seven students, can now access online learning material, visit virtual museums, and make video calls. Starlink was designed for remote communities just like Sotomo and Caleta Sierra, where high-speed connectivity can have a transformational impact. And the Starlink team is eager to support these pilot programs, starting with local schools. And today's launch of Starlink satellites will bring us another step closer in delivering high-speed broadband internet to those who need it most. The Starlink satellites launching today represent a huge leap forward as the team continues to iterate and improve Starlink technology. Most satellites don't speak to each other directly. Instead, they use radio frequency communications with a ground station to relay communications between satellites. The Starlink satellites launching today will be testing fully operational optical inner satellite links, otherwise known as space lasers, to provide mm -hmm. direct communications between the satellites without a ground station acting as an intermediary. Fewer pings to ground stations means Starlink will be, will be able to both expand and improve service, especially in very remote areas. All future Starlink satellites will feature optical space lasers. As we mentioned at the top of the webcast, today's mission is launching from Space Launch Complex 4E at Vandenberg Space Force Base, which is ideally suited for payloads going to a polar orbit. By launching to a polar orbit, these satellites will be able to see almost all the way to the poles, providing near global coverage. This means Starlink will be able to expand service in Alaska, Scandinavia, and other polar regions. And on top of all that, the, Starlink, the team continues to iterate and improve production of Starlink hardware. So we're currently developing a next generation Starlink user terminal that can be manufactured much faster and more efficiently than previous versions. All of these ongoing advancements translate to better internet access for more people in more places than ever before. You heard the call out that the stage one fuel loading has just completed. And in just a few minutes, Falcon 9 will lift off, carrying our upgraded Starlink satellites and their new optical space lasers to a polar orbit. Now, in order to get these satellites into space, the rocket has to, go, has to do more than just go up. It also has to go sideways really, really fast. So at liftoff, gravity is pulling straight down on the rocket. As we extend, we actually tilt the engines, also known as gimbling, and this turns the rocket horizontally. We're still going up, but now we're also headed horizontally away from the launch pad. This is what we call a gravity turn. The rocket typically needs to go 17,500 miles per hour horizontally in order to avoid being pulled back down to Earth and actually get into orbit. To help demonstrate this concept, imagine firing a cannon from a really high mountain. The cannonball will arc and then gravity will pull it down to Earth. As you increase the power, the cannonball will arc and land further and further away. Eventually, if you could continue to increase the power, the cannonball will be going so fast that it ends up in free fall around the Earth. Gravity is still pulling down on the cannonball, but it's going so fast that it never hits the ground. This arc, which constantly misses the Earth, is called an orbit. So when we lift off today, keep an eye on the orientation of Falcon 9, 
you'll see it go straight up until about T plus 10 seconds, at which point it will begin to shift in orientation so that Falcon 9 can also go sideways really fast. But before we get to that, let's check in on the status of the vehicle for today's launch. It was cute that they... Yeah, T minus four minutes. We are minutes. currently a little over T minus four minutes from liftoff, and Falcon 9 is now moving into the final stages of the countdown. We are currently waiting for the transporter erector, or TE, to retract, and that's that truss structure that you can probably barely see right now to the right of the vehicle. Okay, get in. First, the TE clamps will open, and then the transporter erector will begin to retract away from the rocket slightly. And at T0, hydraulics pulls the TE farther away from Falcon 9 as it lifts off. Okay, then the invite should appear at the top of the screen. It should say invite. Now, the transporter erector provides liquids, gases, electrical connections to the second stage, as well as air conditioning to the payload bearing. Or call in, K10. Try to call in the little phone icon. Doesn't even know why it's fifty-one satellites versus like stage one launch loading is complete here at T minus three minutes, and the second stage is also near nearing fully loaded with one million pounds of kerosene fuel and liquid oxygen. Super chilled liquid oxygen is our propellant oxidizer, and that is what is creating those white clouds that you see around Falcon 9 um, along with, kind of through the mist. And that's because the warm, humid ambient air is causing that liquid oxygen to turn into gas. He's calling the and The first stage just, just finished pop loading at T minus three minutes, and the second stage will be finishing up at T minus two minutes. At T minus 60 seconds, Falcon 9 will be in startup, and this means that the rocket's autonomous internal flight computers will have taken over the launch countdown. And just inside of T minus two seconds, we will light the Merlin 1D engines and we're set to lift off. The Starlink payload continues to be healthy, and the Falcon 9 team is tracking no issues on the rocket. Weather is still looking favorable, and the range is green for launch. Here at just under T minus two minutes, let's listen into the terminal countdown. Okay, Kitan, I'm trying to bring you up on stage, but apparently like I'm sending you like 20 invites. Stage two logs loading is complete. I don't know the you can see that uh, white cloud that's just puffed up on the right of the booster there is venting from the TE lots line. This is normal and expected. It joins that beautiful view from Vandenberg with the marine layer and the fog. With uh, Falcon 9 there peeking out in the middle. We're just about 10 seconds away from the Falcon 9's flight computers taking over the countdown. T minus one minute, guys. This is it. Flight computers in startup. Falcon 9 flight computer is in startup. The stage one and stage two tanks are beginning to pressurize for launch. Godspeed. Go for launch. The launch director has just given the final go for launch. All systems are go. Let's listen in to the terminal countdown and watch as Falcon 9 
takes our 51 Starlink satellites into orbit. Okay, 30 seconds of Catherine. Good. What a beautiful view of Falcon 9 as it successfully lifts off from pad 4E at Vandenberg Space Force Base carrying our stack of 51 Starlink satellites to orbit. Now, moments ago, we throttled the engines down in preparation for max Q or maximum aerodynamic pressure on the engines. And that is coming up in just about 10 seconds here. Getting close to max Q. Max Q. We did just pass through max Q. Yeah. And in a minute, we will have three events happening in back to back in rapid succession. And that's main engine cutoff or MECO, stage separation, and second engine startup one. Now, first main engine cutoff or MECO, this is where all nine M1D engines will shut off to slow the vehicle down in preparation for stage separation. Where the engine still started? where the first and second stage uh, will separate with the first stage making its way back down to Earth for landing and the second stage continuing on its journey to the third event or second engine startup one. And this is where the MBAC engine lights up and propels the second stage along with the Starlink satellites to orbit. We're about 30 seconds from main engine cutoff and you can see that beautiful plume of the rocket as it is soaring in the sky. Yeah, it's, it's, it went from red to turning blue as it powers down. It's really cool. That's a lot different from the... Yeah. So a few seconds for Miko. Miko. There you go. <laughs> you can see the light from the engine. <laughs> Success. <laughs> the light from that first stage engine cutoff. Confirmed. From main engine cutoff, you saw the successful stage separation and the second stage engine has started up from those live views on your right there. That and is separation confirmed. Merlin vacuum engine and here we are waiting for fairing separation. You can see that great view of the two fairing halves separating from the Starlink satellites. Guys, I can see the rocket from my house in San Diego. This is awesome. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's so cool.
Yeah, I think Barbara's checking it out. She's in Santa Barbara, and I think she's she's checking it out right now. I invited her, but I think she's she's went she went to view it. Yeah, she's gonna send me a video soon. All right, dude. Cool. I'm standing in my driveway. This is amazing. Oh, wow. Today's flight marks the 24th time SpaceX has reflown the Falcon fairing halves since November of 2019. And again, this was our second flight for one of the fairing halves and a third for the other half. We'll be attempting to recover the halves again today using our recovery vessel, NRC Quest, which previously supported Dragon recovery missions. You can see stage two here uh, with the MVAC engine lit up and carrying our Starlink payload to orbit. And with the stage two headed towards its targeted drop-off orbit, stage one will be executing two burns in order to make its way back down to Earth. The first is the entry burn, where three of the M1D engines will reignite, and this helps to slow the stage down as it re-enters the upper part of the Earth's atmosphere. The second burn is the landing burn, and this is a single-engine burn that brings the vehicle speed down rapidly in order to land on their drone ship. Second stage is above 10,000 kilometers per hour at an altitude If you're just catching up with us, we had a successful launch of Falcon 9 from Vandenberg Space Force Base, Slick 4E, and you're looking at a live view of Falcon 9's second stage as it delivers our Starlink payload to orbit. Both vehicles are following nominal trajectories. Both stage one and stage two are on nominal trajectories right now with stage one is cruising back to our drone ship. Of course, I still love you in the Atlantic Ocean, in the Pacific Ocean, sorry. As a reminder, today's mission marks the 10th flight for this particular booster, the second flight for one fairing half and the third flight for the other half. Reusability is critical to what we do at SpaceX. It allows us to refly the most expensive parts of the rocket, which in turn drives down the cost of space access. Now the stage one entry burn should be coming up here in a little under a minute, and this will be a 20 second burn of that first stage. Some of you may know that Falcon 9 is named after the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars, and the number 9 indicates the number of Merlin 1D engines on the first stage. The Merlins on the first stage are optimized for sea level, and these achieve 190,000 pounds of thrust during ascent and descent. And the MVAC engine, or Merlin vacuum engine that you see on your screen right now, is optimized for 220,500 pounds of thrust in vacuum. Getting close to re-entry burn of the first stage. Lighting up. Stage one entry burn startup. What a cool view on your left of the stage one entry burn startup there. This is a 20-second burn of three of the Merlin 1D engines of the first stage. Stage one issue burn shutdown. We did have continue to follow nominal trajectories. We did have yes is saved. 
We did have a successful stage one entry burn and you can see those super cool live views from the stage one there as it is re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. Landing in about a minute, less than a minute. We can't quite make it out from those stage one views, but there is a lot of soot on that first stage of the booster. And that is because the rocket grade kerosene or RP1 that is used as a fuel in Falcon 9 is carbon-based. And when it burns, it generates that stage soot. And then as the boot slows it down uh, prior to re-entering the atmosphere, and while it, and when it re-enters uh, with its engines first, the booster actually flies through its own plume, which deposits the soot on the rocket. Now, stage one landing burn should be starting here very stage shortly. Stage two FTS is safe. We stage don't. one landing burn has just started. Okay. That is our drone ship. Of course, I still love you in the Pacific Ocean. The camera is really shitty. We can't see much, but we're seeing... Oh, no, it, it cut off. The downlink. Nope, we're back. No loss of signal. <laughs> Landed. <laughs> right in the middle. Bullseye. You can see from that beautiful view of stage one, having landed on our drone ship for the 10th time, this marks our 90th overall successful recovery of a Falcon 9 first stage and the 124th successful launch of a Falcon 9. We just missed it, but we did have a successful second engine cutoff one and a confirmation of a good orbit. Up next, we will have a coast phase followed by the second burn of our second stage engine. These additional burns allows us to modify the orbits of our payloads more efficiently than launching directly into the final orbit. So today, our second stage will coast for about 35 minutes until we reach apogee, or the highest point of the orbit, where we will conduct that second stage burn. You can follow the progress of the second stage with this animation showing where we are around the Earth and we'll see you back here at T plus 44 minutes, 30 seconds for our second engine start too. I thought they were going to deploy much sooner from what they said on the website. Expected loss of signal, Vandenberg. So how is the audio quality? Oh, by the way, Barbara, I'm sending you invites. Uh, I don't know if you see them. They're on top of the screen if you want to join us. I know you went to see it live, like shoot out. Man, I'd go see it live if I was there. That's audio. Yeah, it was quite good. That's nice. Yeah. Hey, Alex. Yeah, I was in the room the other. I was in the room the other day, and we were having a lot of problems, man. And uh, yeah, this time it's like it's pretty, pretty damn good, man. It's very, very much improved. Yeah, definitely more stable for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I've been in many rooms. Like I joined in August, so I, I, I listened to many rooms live, and uh, I did lots of tests. And I've never seen these bugs, so it's it seems that you know it comes and goes. But yeah, right now we're like I've never seen a stage so filled. By the way, so if other people want to come up, uh, like uh, just call in, and I'll bring you up on stage to see how many we can fit. So there we go. We have somebody invite to speak. Because we're going to have large rooms, 
coming up. Uh, Alex, you guys gave us a lot of tasks yesterday from that feedback session. So, oh yeah, we're going to push you guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. that was yeah, helpful. yeah, yeah. We've yeah, been, we're going to bring uh, the clubhouse experience here, and yeah, we're going to push you. Appreciate it. Well, hopefully the uh, improvements are noticeable. So, thanks again for that. That was yeah. Yeah, so really excited. So, so yeah, we're going to have the, the Inspiration 4, which is like this huge mission. I don't know if you guys know about it, about the four civilians, like, like with zero, basically like zero training are going to launch and spend three days in space. Pretty sure everybody here on stage knows about it and in the audience. But that's going to be like tomorrow. And the launch window opens at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And we don't know when they're going to launch. They might launch right there. But the launch window, I think, is 24 hours. I've heard, uh, again, like there's, depending on which website you go on, it's either 24 hours or it's an eight-hour launch window. Uh, so it's mostly like dependent on the weather or if there's a bug with the, the rocket or something. So join us for that. And Thursday, it's not scheduled yet, but I'm going to give you a little teaser. We're going to have an FSD, uh, a lot of FSD beta testers give us their first impression after a few days of testing the latest version. So I'm not going to spoil who's going to be there, but yeah, it's going to be a, a large, uh, a large stage and we're going to be discussing that. So make sure to follow the, uh, follow the show. And, oh, Barbara's here. Did you get to see it, Barbara? Hey guys. Uh, yes, I did. Um, I saw it with my mom. And? Um, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Oh, it was great. Um, it's really foggy right now. It's really foggy right now, so um, it was not as easy to see compared to other launches. But um, I, I live about an hour south of Vandenberg, and um, so this is, I think, my fourth launch that I've been able to see. I've gone closer to the base before, um, but yeah, they're pretty. They're they're pretty awesome, especially at night. Um, yeah, video quality wasn't that great, but, um, I'll upload something to my Twitter soon. Yeah. So. Seriously. On even the space. So, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Even on the SpaceX channel, like they were pointing the camera straight at the rocket. It, you can barely make out there was a rocket there. It was so foggy. Yeah. Yeah. So foggy. Um, Vandenberg is like right next to the ocean. Um, it's just an area that always is constantly dealing with fog. Um, but, but yeah, no, this was really great. I'm glad they were able to do it. Um, I was actually thinking it might get postponed, but, um, so that was neat. My mom came outside and she saw it and she, she enjoyed it as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, if anyone ever has a chance to see one in person, I highly, highly recommend doing it. It's, it's really awesome. And then the sonic boom at the end is pretty cool too. Sweet. And who else was yeah. mentioning that they were listening to, uh, they were watching it? I didn't catch who was, who was talking back then. Was it um, Noah? Who else was watching Wanda? it? I think it wanted. Oh, yeah. I mean, I took a, yeah, I took a really crappy picture and it showed up. I put it on Twitter. But yeah, from my house in San Diego, like I was, oh yeah, San Diego. It was me, you, Juan. Sorry, I yeah. Let me let me walk outside, and I go, and I'm like, nah, I don't see anything because I I live in kind of like East San Diego, so it's kind of like the the sky's pretty good, it's pretty pretty dark. 
And I was like looking up and then I looked a little bit further south and it's like, oh crap, there it is. It's just like, wow, you can see the plume of like the, like the rocket, you know, the engine, like, and it's like, oh crap. Like, so I took a picture of it. I put, I put it on Twitter. It's not super great, but yeah, I put one on there and it's, it, it, it's just, I'm going to have to get a uh, better equipment so I can show my kids, you know? <laughs> Same. Cool. I need a better phone. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, someone, someone correct me. Was it the 92nd recovery or the 90th recovery? 90th. Okay, I was wrong in my tweet then. Yeah, and, and I, I like how they're using, like, mismatched parts. So, like, one half of the fairing has flown three times, the other just two. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're recovering parts and just putting them together. It's so cool. There'll be a few more Vandenberg launches this fall, at least a few in October, November. Oh, so awesome. It's it's so worth seeing. It's it's about an hour drive for me. Um, and it's great because there's so many like places you can see it. Um, but the last time I went, I think it was, I want to say, last year. And boy, it got crowded. It was really crowded. A lot of people, a lot of Teslas. It was it was really fun to see. Um, Lompoc is like the best. Lompoc, they usually like close off a lot of the access to the actual base and nearby. So sometimes it's a challenge to find parking or a good spot, but um, it's definitely worth making a little voyage if you can. Um, anything coming up in uh, October first and second week? I'm going to be visiting from Silicon Valley to LA. Um, Let me check. That's a good question. Yeah, it should should say on their website. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and there's going to be like 11 other launches because it's 60 per launch. And the third shell uh, at 70 degrees uh, inclination uh, is, is all uh, – there's 720 satellites, so they need like 12 launches. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities for that. Thanks. Yeah, Everyday Astronaut has a good um, has a good website to like all the launches. So you got OneWeb, Inspiration, uh, but nobody cares about OneWeb seriously. Uh, and I'm just scrolling down. Yeah, Starlink 30 would be uh, the window starts. Yeah, it's instantaneous window September 30th. But this one's Cape Canaveral, so it's another shell. And it just stops. Yeah, it's only the the next 10 that are showing. Okay, thanks. And even know why it's uh, 51 satellites on this one versus a higher number? or I mean, how does it decide whether it's 51 or more? Uh, I, I don't know if this is like the new uh, the, the, with the laser link. Uh, maybe that's why they can't fit as many. I believe it was. Yeah, yeah, it, it's for sure it's the laser link, but why is, isn't it 60 instead of, uh, why is it 51 instead of 60? I couldn't tell you. Okay. Maybe that's what they wanted to have up there for now. And uh, then it's economics, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or maybe the other nine just didn't pass the QA in time or something, right? Yeah, it's also possible you probably wouldn't want to delay the launch with these windows and you got the FAA approval and, and all that stuff. Once it's down, you probably want to take advantage of it. Right. What's the highest that they have sent for Starlink in a launch? 
if anyone knows, 60 or 70? Uh, I, I think the, the maximum number they, they've ever sent is 60. That's like it fills out the fairing like completely. Okay. But they weren't the laser link ones. So I don't know if the laser links, you know, maybe they can't send 60 when it's the laser link. Yeah. And probably they want to be a bit conservative when they are doing this new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But this laser link stuff is really cool. Like, you, you don't need ground stations anymore. It's just like, oh. Just a quick Let's see. We actually just have one burn from our West Coast Vandenberg launches. So the Starlink satellites actually deployed at T plus 15 minutes. Yeah, we missed it. Seconds. But we won't actually be able to confirm deployment until we get to a ground station over Argentina at T plus 26 minutes and 16 seconds. They messed we'll be up. back around then with an update. Thanks for sticking with us. And we'll see you back here in just a few minutes. I knew it. Uh, like, yeah, the, the deploy was supposed to be like re really close after launch, but like they don't have ground stations to communicate with it. So we can get like a video signal. So she, she basically uh, gave the time when they would have the video signal instead of when it was deployed. So the satellites are already deployed. We Is just Starling didn't get to see a hundred of them. Excuse me. Is Starlink supposed to, uh, sorry, is the Starship supposed to fit 100 of these Starlink satellites? Up from 60? Oh, probably more. Oh, wait. I can't, I couldn't remember the number that SpaceX shared. Well, we, we haven't seen how they're going to open, like, the bay of the Starship, how, how it's going to open its nose. But, yeah, it's, it, the, it's like 10 times the weight that it can carry of Falcon 9. So I'm guessing maybe not 10 times the number, but it's probably close. Like Starship's huge I thought, compared. I thought he had said something like 500, but... I'm going to look it up, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's going to be massive if, if they can start launching the, the Starlinks. 500 out of oh, shot. Yeah. yeah, Bezos is going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> Lawsuits flying everywhere. <laughs> well, and just um, inspiration for... I mean, for people going up into space and they didn't have to buy a ticket you know like bezos couldn't have somebody go up that didn't or, or it wasn't bezos it was it who's who's gonna sell tickets Is it i think bezos? they're both gonna sell tickets it's branson oh, okay. from virgin and bezos from blue origin yeah, yeah. so uh, amy just finished watching inspiration the netflix special uh, the first two episodes no um, I'm not sure which episode I'm on because I just kind of blend in. Um, I'm where they're going to Camp Mir on on Rainier, and it's really cool because I I've, I've hiked Rainier and didn't get quite to Camp Mir. That's a pretty that was a that's a pretty good hike just up to Camp Mir. But they start from Paradise, which is pretty high. That's in Washington uh, State, right? Yes. Washington. Did you guys see, I don't know if anyone saw it tweeted out, CBC News in Canada put out a headline um, about Inspiration4, uh, and their headline oh, is, it's literally brutal, I can't believe it when I saw no. it. Another billionaire is headed into space this week. That's what? their headline for the Inspiration4 mission. Oh, that that's that's shameful. I'm, I'm, I'm literally never seen now. such it's such such a joke like i can't even believe who was yeah. it again see i tweeted it at cbc news you can see it on my it's just i can't believe looks like they don't get it yeah it's one thing like is it it's 
it's not false. Yes, he's a billionaire, one of them, but that's not the purpose of the mission. And like, you're kind of hiding the ball. It's extremely misleading. It's it's insane. Yeah. You would you'd think you would lead with, you know, first all civilian mission to space or first cancer survivor to ever go to space. Like, there's so many other headlines you could lead with, but of course, yeah. like billionaire like come on yeah and he was not selected because he was a billionaire he was selected because he was a pilot yeah and uh like so he fills the leadership uh seat of resilience i like this is such a beautiful story and it's not like it's secret or hasn't been publicized like there's so much information out there about what this mission represents for humanity and who are the people that are actually going there i don't know Uh, can you imagine being one of the four yeah, the amount of risk. that headline? Right. Yeah, it's a joke. I mean, and, and the amount of the amount of risk people are taking. I mean, what about all the risk? Yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's embarrassing. It's just they they don't want to have they don't want that to be the narrative. They just want the narrative to be space is frivolous. We don't need to be you know doing anything in space. And so even though this is like the this mission is to prove the contrary they're they're not going to let anyone get around you know the narrative that they want to push they are also for... raising money for the cancer hospital uh, yeah the whole thing is a charity yeah. to raise 200 million for st jude st jude's uh, research hospital for children yeah and and the four uh, attributes i mean they're amazing uh hope leadership uh prosperity i mean no no other mission has uh, has this aspect i mean that the the humanity really comes through yeah and they're not like movie stars or you know they weren't they were randomly selected yeah and they're they're normal people so it's it's i mean it's it's amazing Yeah, and seeing their reaction when they get the news, it's so different from one one to the other. Yeah, it's like yeah, one was like true. almost like had a heart attack, and his face went like all serious. <laughs> oh God, I got to talk to my family now. Uh, <laughs> and, and the other uh, one was like jumping out of joy, and yeah. And uh, yesterday, uh, the Netflix part four, they did a Top Gun like uh, fighter pilot training. That was amazing. Yeah, we, we're so, just having a bit more info. Mission. We had a successful liftoff from Vandenberg Space Force Base at 8:55 p.m. Pacific time. We then had a successful stage separation, recovered our first stage. Position of signal, Punta Arenas. After its 10th flight on our drone ship, of course, I still love you. And had a successful second stage MVAC startup, and of course. We just had confirmation of a successful Starlink deploy. Again, this deploy happened some minutes ago, but we were waiting for that ground station coverage, which we just got to confirm that deployment. And now these satellites will begin to slowly separate from the second stage. They actually have already separated, and over the course of the next few days and weeks, they will distance themselves from each other and use their onboard ion thrusters. to make their way to their operational orbit. And with that, that brings today's webcast to a close. Thank you to the Range and Federal Aviation Administration for supporting today's mission. And of course, thank you to all of our viewers and all of our Starlink customers for using our beta service at this time. If you're interested in being a part of our beta program, 
head over to starlink.com and sign up. Hope you enjoyed the webcast today as always, and we'll see you soon. Should we sign up for the beta? <laughs> yeah, you, people should. Uh, people have had great comments about the the service, especially if you're if you're overpaying and getting poor uh, poor bandwidth. Yeah, maybe Starlink is for you. Yeah, that, yeah, that's <laughs> me. Um, I definitely like. I signed up as soon as they opened it up to for the most most of us to like do it. Because yeah, I'm yeah like like high speed internet where I live is expensive and terrible. By the way, Alex, you were close. Uh, the Starship will be able to um, launch 400 Starlink satellites per launch. There you go. And that's just to start. Then they're going to make it even bigger. Yep. <laughs> and it's going to yep. be 800. <laughs> Do we know if Inspiration4 is going to be higher than the ISS? I know they talked yeah. about it. They are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and they have that cupola that they installed instead of the docking port. And it's really amazing. It's like a perfect bubble that like you can stick your whole head like you were in outer space. Oh, that's, oh, that's <laughs> Yeah. And that's Wednesday? What? That's time? tomorrow. Well, well, it's today because we're already tomorrow. So oh, it's you are. Today. <laughs> well, you, you're not. Yeah, but for me, it's past midnight. So it's today at 8 p.m. Okay. I thought they said Wednesday. Mm. Hold on, now I'm confused. Wednesday fifteenth. Wednesday fifteenth. Yeah, Wednesday Wednesday fifteenth, but it's like Pacific Coast. Uh, no, it's Dawn. UTC. Yeah. UTC. Sorry. Okay, so not. Yeah. Tomorrow, hold, on, but... hold on. Hold on. I'm. I'm all. Where's uh, CRS Starlink? How come Transporter Two? Uh. Okay, let's see everyday astronaut uh inspiration it's t start september 16th utc okay so i'll have to check 15 yeah so it's the 15th so it's not today it's tomorrow i'm just going to check if i scheduled it right uh yeah, to, it's tomorrow at, uh, well, we start the broadcast at 7.30 p.m. Yeah, okay, all good. I was just confused about today and tomorrow and being midnight these past days. We've done so many rooms where it's trying to match okay. yeah, Europe now time, Pacific it. time, <laughs> Eastern time. Yeah, thanks for needing well, it down. Yeah, thanks for needing it. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. So tomorrow, are we going to have a camera inside the spaceship uh, to see the astronauts while launching? Uh, I don't know. I, I Actually, I don't know what they have planned. I don't know if uh, they signed the rights all to um, to Netflix or are we going to have something as we had like today on the SpaceX website? Ah, okay. I have no idea what they have planned. So we'll, we'll have to play it by ear for, for that. And I don't know if 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 Netflix Netflix wants to broadcast this live also. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, because these launches, you know, shit can happen, mm -hmm. and of course, we we wish them all Godspeed and a safe journey and everything. But it's there's always a risk, and broadcasting these things live on Netflix might might be controversial. So I I, I, I don't know. 
I think they said they're going to have it on the Netflix YouTube channel or something like that. But not actually on Netflix. Oh, it's not going to be on Netflix. So it's going to be accessible by anybody on YouTube? Yeah. Oh, that would make sense because otherwise only paid subscribers could watch. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I'm pretty sure they mentioned it in the first episode when they were kind of like laying out, you know, the plan for the series. I think in the first episode they mentioned you can watch it live on YouTube. And then a week or two later, whatever, the last episode will come out that they film or they have footage from while they're up there. Okay, so I'll subscribe to the to the Netflix channel, put all notifications on. And yeah, I'll check it out if I have to. Don't quote me. They, they said YouTube. I don't know if it'll be their YouTube or just SpaceX or if they'll have a separate inspiration for like YouTube channel, but they definitely said YouTube. So it'll be somewhere else. Yeah. Cause I, I imagine they'll have cameramen on the tower. Uh, and when we had the SpaceX coverage of the first uh, uh, like uh, astronauts going to uh, the ISS, we, we had pretty good coverage, but it, it wasn't like TV quality or, you know, Netflix quality you didn't have all the angles you had the cameras that are installed there basically. Uh, and, uh, you know, like for, for, for the work that they do, they were using the same feed, uh, that they were broadcasting SpaceX on their YouTube channel. So I'm guessing when they're going to do the episode for Netflix, it's going to be all like a nice, you know, super high quality and, and probably with crew on, on the pad and everywhere to, to get their facial expressions, their phone call, uh, you know, up close and personal. And yeah. Yeah. It should be interesting. So we're coming up on close to, a, to an hour and I don't think we want to push this. Uh, if we want to publish an episode and want people to, to listen to it. So any, any last thoughts? Looking forward to tomorrow. I mean, it's it's a, it's a big my Wednesday. Uh, yep. All right, folks. So thanks a lot for joining us. And the room went perfectly. I like if did, did anybody on stage except for the problem with K10. I'd like to talk to you later, uh, K10, to figure out what went wrong. Uh, and uh, Sawyer too, because I don't know if you brought her up. You managed yeah, to I bring did. her up. Okay, so yeah, it was on it was on my end. So I think that's the only bug we had was just with K10. I don't know. The app doesn't like you, K10. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw something and it disappeared and I'm like, where Uh-oh. did it go? <laughs> I couldn't find anything. It's not a very bold um invitation like Clubhouse. I I miss it all the no, time. I, yeah, and, and it doesn't stay very long. It's just on, on the top right and it says invite. And if you miss it, if you're not looking at your phone when it happens, you, you can miss it. But I sent like at least 20 because I saw you on stage many times and I saw you leave, come back. But I think that was the only bug. Seriously, like for a big room, big stage, an hour long. Yeah. This was good. Uh, one bug I faced, Alex, is um, when I was sending a lot of these emoticons, um, my uh, app hanged and I just had to kill it and come back on the iPhone. Okay. Okay. So emojis careful with emojis but yeah aside from that from from the perspective of how the room managed i think it was pretty good yeah quite good yeah yeah. do you know how, yeah. uh, what is the bandwidth it takes on a audio like when we are having the streaming how much uh, what's the data rate of the stream 
I don't know, but we have Charlie Weiser. Maybe he he can answer that. Yeah, someone from that company, Colin. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Charlie, go ahead. Hey, Deval. Um, Hi. Yeah, sorry. we'll we'll have to get back to you on on precise metrics on that one. All right. I used to work on Voice OIP, so I'm curious. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us, and catch you uh, tomorrow at 8 p.m. or 7:30. So subscribe to the show so you get a notification. And yeah, see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Thanks. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Good job, Alex and Sawyer.